Kolo Bila Sikolelto. Episode number 24. Are you alright, Tom? Yeah. Funny you should say that, because uh, today we're uh, embarking on our uh, Dada. Are we back in English now? Yeah, well, Dada, yes. You know Dada? Um, I know of such a thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> what babies say, yes, it is what babies say, meaning daddy. Oh, Dada, yeah, Dada. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mm. I was just watching the news the other day. Well, actually, it was on the news today, and it said that uh, the Minister for Transport had just had just stopped or cancelled a contract with a shipping company that didn't have any ships. Oh, yeah, I saw that as well. Those of you who don't know, there was a shipping company that apparently was going to do lots of shipping for, for Britain uh, in, in March. Uh, in, and let's be clear, it's post-Brexit. Yeah, Britain. post-Brexit. Government actually gave them a 14 million contract, even though they didn't have any ships, which is utterly crazy. I was thinking, I was thinking it was just, it's just ridiculous. It's beyond, almost beyond parody. If I book a holiday on a plane, I'd like to know that they've got a plane. (laughs) You want in advance of your flight? I generally like to know that they've got a plane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's normally better to get that. You normally have more chance of getting on a flight if they have a plane. Um, yes, so, particularly if you paid 14 million for your plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so it made me think about a world that has gone absolutely crazy. And I, I'm sure there's a lot more in the news that makes uh, you listening think that the world's gone particularly bonkers. If you go back 100 years, well, just over 100 years to 1916, I think the world was equally as mad insane in a different way it was in the grips of the first world war and it was a time obviously of craziness when people weren't talking to each other it was a breakdown of all kind of sense and reason out of this sprung an artistic movement called dada wow so yeah so after all the the madness of the first world war yeah yeah so i mean dada you know, it's a crazy, violent, mocking movement and it's really hard to pin down. So this was the backdrop to the first Dada works? Yes, yes. I mean, it's anti-establishment and a direct response to a society that's gone mad. So that's, you know, you can imagine. It was anti-society and even anti-itself. And its proponents would regularly state that even Dada is anti-Dada. It was also a movement that wasn't obsessed with the aesthetic and it was the first properly international art movement and it took place in Germany, Switzerland, France and the US. How many Dardarists does it take to change a light bulb? Who is Dada? It's funny you ask that. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a coincidence. Because Dada is a movement that was started in Zurich. Now, Zurich is in Switzerland. And at the time, Switzerland was uh, neutral. Oh, First World War backdrop. Yeah, yeah, First World backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> so there was quite a lot of people that were refugees from different parts of Europe. Artists and creatives would be there. And in early uh, February 1916, uh, Hugo Ball, Hugo, Hugo Ball, uh, a poet and philosopher founded the Cabaret Voltaire in a bar in Zurich. Now, you can imagine it's kind of like all these nice little cobbly streets 
and all these little houses and there's a bar sort of like in the basement I think it was you know and you can imagine and what he set up was I think is the equivalent of like a kind of like an open mic for anyone for poets and artists and creatives and he decided to call it the Cabaret Voltaire so Voltaire was a French philosopher and writer and I assume that that's where the name's taken from okay yeah yeah, so we've got this kind of like, you can imagine, it's a, he's, a, he's invited anyone who's arty to come along. He put out an advert for it. And gradually, artists uh, would turn up and perform their works. So it started off as just a nightclub, a, a sort of nightclub with a, with a, uh, for performance and poetry and arty things. And in the end, it, it became a thing in itself, a movement. So it started in February, and towards the end of february they decided it needed a name this movement this this open mic night i suppose had become so different and so individual that it needed a name it was an artistic movement and they couldn't happening. really call it cabaret voltairism no <laughs> <laughs> so they called it dada apparently it was chosen at random this is one of the stories there's many stories why it was chosen and one idea was that Hugo Bowl and the writer Richard Husselbeck at random chose the word from a dictionary. So what they did was they got a letter opener and they just stuck it into the page of a, of a paper. Yeah. And then opened it and it landed on the word Dada. Which thanks, is, thanks for the visual demonstration, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I just showed you that. <laughs> if you heard any noise, I was demonstrating it with the end of my glasses, how to, to pick a... So it could have been called anything. It could have been called anything else yeah. from the dictionary at the time. Yeah, it would have been a bit difficult if it had been. But I guess if they're Swiss, Swiss guys or um, German or Germanic yeah. or French yeah. guys, yeah. they're going to be choosing Dada in a different language. Well, yeah, this was French. And Dada apparently is a colloquial for hobby horse. But oh, okay. Okay, so it's like it means something different then in... In French, to but how we understand it, maybe. Dada also means that it's like the first word that a daddy says, you know, uh, that, that a daddy says, that a daddy, that a baby says. No, that a, a, dad, first... a daddy says when he's born to, the first yeah, word he yeah. says to uh, his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a, you know, it's a baby word that were also involved in the Dada movement. Surely if it was the baby thing, though, wouldn't it be more like Papa? Well, yeah. <laughs> if it's <Papa>. French. <laughs> yeah, it could be Papa. <laughs> Nicole, Papa. Yeah. It also means yes, yes in Romanian, and there were a couple of Romanian artists that were involved in the movement. Yeah. But Dada is about that. There's no kind of rules. Well, each to their own, I guess. Yeah, and it's a lot of a lot of egos, a lot of different artists with different ideas, but very, very anti-establishment, and it's all about the absurd. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, the madness of the world. So the work they did, dada, ridiculous. It's almost like a ridiculous word because the world is so ridiculous. And it's almost like this word almost encapsulates it as well. Absolutely. A world gone dada. Yeah, but the thing is, we, we talk about dada like madness, but dada is gaga. Yeah, Lady, Lady Gaga Lady is gaga, influenced yeah. by dada, I would say. She's a performance artist and she would know about dada. Yeah, well, she does dress up in uh, food outfits and some yeah. quite strange get-up. Yeah, and these are the kind of things that they would do at the Cabaret Voltaire. Uh, I've got some of these kind of things that took place on this stage. Now, you've got to imagine the Cabaret Voltaire. Uh, it's the kind of like a sort of like a nightclub, a little bar 
and sort of like an arts sort of culture community and you've got a backdrop painted by the artist Jean uh, Arp or Hans Arp as he's sometimes known and he did a, a painting on the background of the wall of the stage which looks like cucumbers he, he's called Hans Arp or John Arp I'm sometimes known as Hans Arp huh? uh, as John Arp or known as Hans Arp he's, he's got two names yeah he's got two names so why is there a disagreement over his name sorry to change the subject but well no no I don't know I don't is know. Is this a Dada thing? He's got Double Nam. Double Nam. That's not even any. But that's a spirit of Dada. Make it up. <laughs> so, what kind of acts took place? Now, uh, I think I think we could recreate the kind of strangeness. So you imagine you've got this this backdrop drawn by uh, hands up or John up. Looks like several cute large cucumbers. And you've got like strange jazz being played sometimes. Sometimes you just have people, just jazz, jazz music being played. And then sometimes you'd have like poetry. For instance, the writer, Raoul Hausman, he stood on stage and decided to read a, uh, a poem out. And it was just furs and phonetic sounds like ba 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 you know who uh, this reminds me of? Who? Martin Creed. <laughs> yes. He covered a couple of Absolutely. weeks Absolutely. I think maybe we could recreate the jazz feel. I can get on the piano and uh, just play in the background while you do some birds. All right, okay. Yeah, on, we do, it's, it's mics all right, isn't it? I mean, we can still pick it up, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I'll play a little bit of jazz. Can I use your so, grand uh, yeah. piano? One, two, three, four. Good so that probably gives you a flavour. Yes, people, you, you're probably listening and think that sounded ridiculous. Yeah, I but don't know don't, what I was singing. But imagine, <laughs> that, is it any more ridiculous than what was going on with the war? And the, But you've got to remember, though, this is like an underground bar of artists and yeah. they're all drinking. Yeah. So, <laughs> that might be quite a sober reflection of the events. <laughs> Can we have some more beer, please? There's another artist here called uh, uh, Marcel Janko, now he's Romanian, and he made some primitive looking scary masks and costumes that were influenced by Romanian folk art. Hugo Bal described them as the horror of our time. The paralyzing background of events is, is made visible. And then what artists, for instance, like uh, Sophie Tauber, who's a, a painter, would wear the costumes and would be transformed and they would be performing crazy improvised dances. Dada was quite scary. You know, in the same way I said about punk, punk's like, it's got that kind of, oh, you know, that kind of like aggressiveness and scary and and it was and absurd as well. So you can imagine being going, going to a club. It, it doesn't sound as scary as life in the trenches. No, but <laughs> no, I've seen someone do a, a really crazy dance in a, in a, in a in a primitive looking cardboard mask is not as scary as yeah. being on the front line in the song. It's, yeah. It's okay. crazy. Well, I get the idea. Yeah. And again, Dada, as we've shown, was about language. All communications are broken down. Words no, no longer have any sense. They're meaningless. Diplomacy has failed. Everyone's at war and society no longer communicates. And it's 
So he would like President Trump then? He'd be uh, President Dada, is that? Yeah, he'd be the Uber Dada. <laughs> yeah, Uber like Dada. But this is the thing. This is what uh, some Dadaists were trying to do. Expose what was fake news and things like that. Expose it and say, don't believe what you're told. Look at what, look at, look at how Look at our crazy dance. (laughs) 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 So another performance was by Richard Holzenbeck, the writer, would perform his pieces while aggressively banging a drum and brandishing a riding whip or a cane. And he was, you know, apparently he was almost trying to drum literature into the ground. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever tried to drum literature into the ground? (laughs) No, but we could we could do it as a, a Dada experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you got any sticks and books? I've got plenty of books in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine you've got this guy on stage. He's drumming his whip. Drumming his whip. He's, he's whipping his drum. <laughs> and then he's joined on stage by Marco, Marcel Janko and Tristan Zara. Tristan Zara considered himself one of the leaders of... He had a quite a big ego, I assume. Uh, well, to to what I think, and he, he he's kind of took the spirit of Dardo and claimed it to be his own. That he was like spokesperson. Yeah, yeah. Although Hugo Bell started the the open mic night, he kind of led it to become the Dardo kind of movement yeah. that it became. And he was a poet and a writer and a performance artist. So you can imagine you've got him, Marcel Janko on stage, and what they're going to do? They all read out jokes and make and recitals all speaking different languages so one of them speaks German one of them speaks English and one of them speaks French it's a bit like the kind of like the biblical tower of Babel I think um, I'm not sure of the uh, the biblical reference of Babel you might have to explain that to me well you know where they all speak different languages where, okay. where, the, where the idea that they all would made speak different languages and again it's about this this pointlessness of words that words are there to communicate to stop you from fighting and it's the failure this is how I see it the failure of society Dardarism the most famous piece of Dardar uh, that was performed at the the Cabaret Voltaire uh, was the one that was read was a poem that was read by Hugo Ball. It was something he wrote, and it was a verse that didn't have any words, almost like sound poems. So it sounded like language, but it wasn't actually a language at all. And what it, what he did was he wore a costume of cardboard, and I think he looks a bit like a cross between a, a priest and the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. Uh, is that is that how you look at him? Does yeah, I thought it looked a bit like Ken Dodd. But Those of you who don't know Ken Dodd, he had a big stickly, tickling stick. We'll put a picture on the website. <laughs> He's quite an eccentric comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, his Dada could be funny as well. So you've got this guy. He's got trousers that look like they're made of uh, cardboard tubes. He looks a bit like he's got insect hands. Cardboard insect hands. And his whole body is hidden inside a cardboard tube. And then he's got a big cardboard coat kind of like a tomato puree puree paste pot he looks <laughs> yeah. and then he's got or a big squirty hat squirty cream actually yeah. squirty cream isn't it yeah and he's got a big hat now I think he's wearing this because he's distancing himself from the audience he's also making himself even more strange even more inaccessible it's dressed like this he reads out his nonsensical poem uh, Tom I've actually got a copy of the poem here and it's called 
Karawani, I think. That's okay, how you pronounce you want it. Me to have a go at it? Yeah, have a go at some of it. Okay, so I haven't looked at it before, so I might. You might have to. With bear with, with feeling, and so so if you just read out like a little bit of it, so the people get an yeah. idea of it, and we'll Jolly put it. Fanto bambla or fale bambla, grossiga mumfa habla horen, egiga goramen, higo bloiko rashula huju. That's some more beer in here, please. Holaka <laughs> <laughs> holala. And logo bang, blago bang, blago bang, boss of It's kind of, it does sound like guns. I'm imagining guns because you know we were talking about backdrop yeah. the uh, trenches. It does sound like gunfire. All these yes. Ones. Now that's really interesting. Zurich data was very aggressive but very observed. All right. Yeah. And about the breaking down of language and what language means. Or should I go finish? I'm, yeah. I'm halfway through. Oh yeah. Sorry. Shampa wala wasa olobo. Wulabu subudu ulu subudu tampa ba kasagoma ba Sorry, I went a bit of Hitler at the end yeah. there. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> get, don't you get your Hitler tendencies? <laughs> Not other other tendencies are available, and we prefer ones that relate to peace. <laughs> We we talked about the other artist, Jean Arp, yeah. and uh, he was born in 1886. He died in 1966, 7th of June. Did he, was he alive for the World Cup? When did England win the World Cup? Do we need to look it up? Yeah. They won it in 66, but it would have been in July, surely. Yeah. The only thing that England, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing but footballing he was, thing he that was England German, ever won. He? Uh, no, he was, uh, he was born in Strasbourg. Oh, right. French That's... mother and German father. Yeah, so he, he wouldn't have wanted England to win the World Cup. No. Well, he might have done. He, he might have hated him. Um... Well, he hated, he just hated war. Hated war, yeah. Yeah, he was anti everything. So... Look, the ball did cross the line. Just get on with the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very in England soccer fan comment. <laughs> <laughs> so he started making collages, but collages that were dictated by chance, not by his own aesthetic pleasure. Oh, okay. Because there is a certain amount of choice in chance, isn't it? Because where where are you choosing your chance? His chance from? He, he would tear up a work into bits and not using scissors so he'd actually use his hands he sort of surrendered even that bit to chance oh, that's totally dada yeah and then he drops them onto a large sheet of paper and pastes them I think more or less where they fell yeah because if you look at them they chance is creates some pretty nicely balanced works <laughs> yeah they do look like they've been organised neatly yeah so I'm looking at one and it's called uh collage with squares arranged according to the laws of chance it's a blue and white collage on a grey background consisting of ripped squares I would say or but I guess maybe yeah the laws of chance I guess that is the um, the theory behind it and he might have done it intentionally like this but it's about chance isn't it rather than yeah necessarily him use it doesn't look like he uses chance at all does it Cause yeah quite balanced but it's about chance but looking at one of his later ones the 1933 one there's one where it's just uh you know, it's completely ripped bits of paper that looks like they have been dropped so and they're even, all black. They're, they're spread out though. Surely chance you'd have a bit more... 
like all over they're still quite evenly across the canvas are you, are you debating his round sense of chance well I just think this was before goal line technology so <laughs> how can we know how can we prove <laughs> these, these <Yeah>. randomness <laughs> yeah. hey. let's, let's do an experiment let's tear up a, a bit of paper yeah. and drop it and we are now going to do chance see if we can recreate his piece so this is the John Art picture right now I'm now going to rip it up Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a. Uh, we've got to imagine we're in Strasbourg. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now, this is them falling down on charts. Right, let's compare it to the actual image. That is the chance that we found. Right, so this is the kind of image that you would have, or the way it would fall, right, or, or this is the top of the blue squares that I haven't read. So looking at it, do you think it really is? Chance looks a bit more, uh, a bit less spaced out, a bit less aesthetically pleasing. It seems. Yeah, it's about. It seems as chancy to me as the Abba song "Take a Chance on Me." <laughs> and that was through years of practice and disciplined rehearsal that that song <laughs> came about, wasn't it? <laughs> In fact, I would believe that they left very little to chance, and it was all about discipline yeah. and work ethic. So. Why was he doing that? Though? That's the thing. Is the idea is is that people were supposed to be being rational, the the bourgeois and the establishment, and and they were tearing up bits of paper and well, no, they were tearing up, tearing up the world, tearing up the earth, tearing up Europe. I would say, and the idea is is that you think, well, you know, if reasoned communication doesn't work, then why not leave it to chance? Yeah, so, and that's the idea. So, so Dadaism as a thing is more like it's about politics and the feelings behind it. It's almost like what the artists actually and do. Society, and yes. society, yeah. It's like they can do anything as long yeah. as they feel that anger. Yes, yeah, not about makes, aesthetic. It's it, about the idea. Yeah, it makes it makes it Dada. <laughs> but Dada's anti everything. So it wasn't about the artist. It wasn't about making works for people to, for the the bourgeois and the establishment to put on their wall it was about being anti-everything and of course the ironic thing is if you're anti-everything dada is anti-dada even because dada is seeking to oppose and upset the society that gave birth to it dada tree poetism Um, Dada also called out fake news well before fake news invented and Tristan Sara the writer we talked about he once actually uh, even created some fake news himself and what he did was so we're talking about like a hundred years ago yeah fake news and what he did was he, he sent a story about a fake duel between him and John Arp um, which four shots were fired and John Art was slightly injured and it actually ended up getting in a newspaper and it was completely made up fake news he further questioned the subject of by uh, issuing instructions on how to make a Dardis poem taking the subject of the news and saying look it's just words and these words can be arranged in any way and have any meaning you want just as the people who sell you the news who write the news take a load of words and arrange them in a way so they so that they mean something okay so what are the instructions i want to know how to make a dardarist poem right okay so 
Take a newspaper. We're actually, in this case, I've got a copy of Glamour magazine, which is a uh, fashion and beauty magazine. Yeah. Uh, so if you find an article in there, so it says, it, I mean, it is the thing, it says take a newspaper. Okay, so we've got say hello to the Tinder view. No, no something that. a bit more. You got your scissors. Didn't you pick one out earlier? Yeah. What was it? Well, um, I don't want to do what men think about their penis. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, no, that's good. That's okay. good. That is good. Okay. So this is an article about men and they're, they're being asked about their penis. And this one is about a guy who's causes, causes, he says, I call mine Rufus and he's age 46. Now next, I just got to tell our listeners, next to this article called I call mine Rufus is a picture of a rocket. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would hit the Rufus, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, right, the instructions are, choose an article as long as you are planning to make your poem. Cut out this in different bits. Yeah. So you're cutting that. Oh. Now cut out the article, then cut out each of the words that make up this article and put them in a bag. This is like the school of David Bowie songwriting, isn't it? Well, absolutely. So take this bag, which is in this case is we've got a supermarket bag, but it can be any bag of any size. Right, put them in there. Yeah. Tristan Sara says, then take the scraps out one after the other in the order they left the bag. So first take one out, put it down, and do it until you've finished all of them. The poem, apparently, before before you read it, yeah. Tristan Sara says that the poem will be like you. They were bigger, different, the only time spent my life feeling a period where he wasn't rising. My penis, I'm often juggling. A few years ago, my penis, my health and happiness is too small. Is a barometer of. <laughs> Do you like that? Yeah. And, and do you know what Tristan Sarah would say? And here you are, a writer. Infinitely original and endowed with a sensibility that is charming, though beyond the understanding of the vulgar. Ch thanks. What's his name? Tristan Sara. <laughs> thanks, Tristan Sara. Very <laughs> nice of you to say. So, uh, this is the end of part one of our Dada adventure Tom oh, um, is it yeah. yeah so we will be doing part two in two weeks we'll be coming up we should start an, like a holiday company doing Dada adventures <laughs> <laughs> where to <laughs> uh, I don't know where's a good place I suppose Blackpool I think we just <laughs> <laughs> next time we'll be talking about the spread of Dada into other countries and we will be talking about things such as I'll explain to you what I mean when I say Christ is sausage to you. That's the most profound thing I've ever heard. And also, I'll be talking about the super Dada who dreamt of building a mega 750 metre high pyramid for his followers. Super Dada? Yeah, super Dada. Is that a wrestler? No, you're going to have to wait till next time, Tom. <laughs> I'm yeah. not telling you now. 
So that's it for this pod. So we've just got a few things. Um, it does take us a lot of time and does cost us to run this podcast. And you can help us out by donating as little as a dollar a month. And you can do this via the Patreon page. And what's the Patreon page, it's Tom? A, it's a page where we take care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh well. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash modern art is rubbish. So, or if you're inclined to share, if you're one of those people who like to share the podcast, you can do this via our website, which is modernartisrubbish.com. Look, we love hearing from you. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at info at modernartisrubbish.com. And also, please don't forget to subscribe via your preferred app, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. And visit us on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash modern art is rubbish. And we're we're always posting content on there all through the week. Yes, and and I always like answer the little replies to our posts. Um and f- as a special to celebrate a year of the podcast, we want to talk about your art with a dash of arty context. So do you have any friends or family that make art? It can be any medium. Just send us a pic and we may also share it on our webpage. And the email is info at modernartisrubbish.com. Um, so, Tom, I yes. think we want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think it's just bye, isn't it? Uh, I think it should be a... Talking meaningless talk Talking meaningless words Meaningless words Spouting meaningless words Talking meaningless talk Talking. <laughs>